I'm here with uh, Tim White for another edition of This Week in AML, and Tim and I are doing something we haven't done basically in a year and a half. We're speaking to a live audience at the Independent uh, Banks of Colorado, and uh, it's a a BSA Mile High Summit. Tim is speaking on sanctions, and I am talking about AML reform, but we're taking a quick break here because we wanted to talk uh, about a sanctions release that happened over the weekend. Um, as we as we know, the sanctions tools are uh, very much uh, utilized in a national security sense. This one was directed against Cuba and some individuals in Cuba. Uh, Tim, fill us in a little bit about what happened. Yeah, so first of all, I think most of us are all aware that there's been a lot of uh, protests, demonstrations, uh, both in Cuba and in Washington. Um, and that the Biden administration wanted to make, you know, a, a real statement here to say that the United States supports the free press and the freedom of speech and, and rights uh, in Cuba. And, and it needed to do something besides, hey, we've had sanctions in place against Cuba since, you know, the, the revolution back in, in 62. Um, and, and I think one way to do that was in, in specifically naming two individuals that were the director and the deputy director of the revolutionary police policia, I believe is how they call it, as opposed to just saying, hey, we're sanctioning the Cuban government. This time they're they're picking a couple of people that specifically says, we know these people are a part of the crackdown. I think what's also important is the fact that this was done under the global Magnitsky sanctions program, which is specifically targeting human rights abusers. So it wasn't like a let's throw another layer in on the Cuban asset control regulations. It was, hey, now we're saying specific human rights stuff. Um, Biden uh, has been very pro-opening relationships with Cuba because he was a part of the, the Obama, Obama administration, administration sure, right. and those general licenses. But I think this is a real political football because Florida is such a swing state and the expats in, in Florida are very adamant they don't want to see a soft U.S. government against Cuba. So I think those are the key So, So I agree with all of that, obviously. Tell us, from a practical standpoint, what what do these sanctions do? Against two individuals, walk us through that. Well, I think, first of all, like you said, it makes a statement both here in the United States as well as to the people of Cuba. Sure, statements I get, but in terms of those two individuals, what Those, those what two individuals, um, you're going to have every financial institution, brokerage firm, and insurance firm running these names through their databases. And if they do have funds parked in the United right. States, which would not be a long stretch right. to say, hey, I'm, I'm shifting my money, whether it's legit money or corrupt money to the United States of parking it, these two individuals may be going, oh, I just got all of my money frozen in the United States. Maybe I'm going to change my behavior. Maybe I'm going to back off here a little bit. That's what we would like to see happen. So let me ask you, uh, we never learned that, right? When this happened in, happens in the past, as it has, sanctions against individuals, the public never knows whether those individuals had some funds in the United States. Is that correct? Never is probably too big of a word, but typically not, because obviously the banks have privacy concerns. Mm -hmm. They can't disclose. Um, Other elements are, of course, you know, that they have the right to have those accounts here until they're frozen. Um, So we don't know the impact or the success that these sanctions might actually have, and, and it's just another 
card in the you know foreign policy deck. That's yeah. So, so when critics say, "Hey, the administration didn't really do much," they don't know that for a fact, right? Because uh, because of what you just said, several institutions are who can't disclose are saying to themselves, "Oh no, this 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 actually has an impact," right? Yeah. Having worked with many financial institutions. I know of numerous cases where a sanction has gone into place and, and the general public does not know it, but it's like they just froze million dollar accounts and so forth and could sit on those for a long, long time. Um, I, you know, really, I think to say the Biden administration is being soft in this situation, I don't think that's the case at all. Um, I think that the, what's going to happen moving forward, trying to get internet access to, to Cuba, which the government has been blocking. Um, this has been a part that in the Obama administration kicked this off back when they did their general licenses to say, let's work with commerce to allow export and re-export of personal communication devices to the people of Cuba. And that is still in play. And I think this will be another layer on top of that to try and get the individual, the people of Cuba, access to general media and the internet. And I think that goes a long way. That makes sense. Tim White, thanks a lot for doing this. Uh, a quick plug, uh, we here at AML Right Source, when we do these programs, they're on iTunes, so you can subscribe, so please do that. Uh, I'm putting a podcast together in the next week, don't know when it will run, on uh, a de-risking study done by the Atlanta Fed and a couple of academics, so I think that'll be an interesting dialogue. So thank you for joining us, and thanks, Tim, Tom. talk to you later. Yeah.